Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. Amen. Thank you, uh, Pastor Dale. Um, it, it truly is an honor to uh, be able to uh, minister uh, here this morning. Um, I, I love sharing the Word of God. Uh, God has uh, been uh, so gracious to us, and, and uh, I'm so thankful for what He's done in my life. And uh, last time I shared, I actually uh, shared a little of my, uh, about my testimony, and I'm not going to get into that today, uh, but uh, I want to share a few thoughts uh, with you this morning that, that uh, God brought to my heart um, over the last few days, and uh, He changed my message about three times uh, as we were getting ready for this. And and that's probably one of the uh, downsides of, of not uh, uh, frequently getting in behind the pulpit, is that there's just so much that God is speaking to you. Um, but Pastor Joe, thank you for allowing me to uh, minister this morning. I, I appreciate that. It's an honor and, uh, I, and a blessing as well. And, and I want to encourage the body of Christ this morning. So this morning, um, the type, uh, title of this message is, It Is Enough. And... Over the last, uh, I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, God uh, woke me up in the middle of the night. It's about 3 o'clock. Usually it's between 3 and 3.30 is when I get uh, uh, become awake and, and God, the Holy Spirit, starts speaking to me. And so I don't know if it's because I'm not listening any other time, but it's, it seems to be about the time that he's always uh, waking me up and having that, planting that thought, planting that seed in my heart. And it reminded me of a dream uh, that he gave me. Uh, on February 26, 2016, I remember the date, I wrote down the date, I write down the details of these dreams, and, and I'm not here to, to share, share that, that uh, we have to have these dreams and these, these visions, however the Bible says that old men will dream dreams. Now that was a disappointment to me when I, when I heard that, because you know, I'm an old man, so I like to look at it as a point of being mature. A mature man, okay? So, and, and young men and, and women will, will um, see visions. And so I believe it's for the church today that this does happen. Uh, I believe we have to be careful about it. I believe we need to have the oversight and the covering of a local pastor and, and, and church leadership that we don't go out and just start spewing all these dreams that, that we're getting uh, because we need to have that guidance and direction in the house of the Lord. So what I want to share this morning relates to that. It took me back to that specific point in time when I was seeking God uh, for a word. I needed a word from the Lord. We needed direction. My wife and I were going through um, uh, 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 things that, that were just above and beyond what we could handle. And, and the burden was heavy. It was, it was just really difficult for us. And, and, and we were wanting to know what God was speaking to us. And, and every, every person probably goes through these. I know every church uh, goes through these various things. And, and I wanted to be planted. I wanted to make sure I had that covering of, of the local church uh, for me as well because I served uh, in, in the church um, for, for over 40 years. But God is speaking this uh, to me, and I'm going to share some things about that dream here in a little bit. But I'd like to start with our text uh, this morning. It's taken from Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 34. I just have a portion of it up on the screen, but I want you to take notes because I'm going to share many scriptures this morning, and I do not have them all up on the, on the screen for you, but I'll make reference to them, and I ask that you uh, write them down and, and review them. Mark 14, 32 says, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. 
He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to, he began to be deeply dis- distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he said, stay here and keep watch. I'm sure every single one of us, at one point in time, we've been overwhelmed and distressed to the point we just did not know what we were going to do. Uh, it was a situation where you're, you're just just numb. You, you couldn't, you, you couldn't, didn't know what to say, didn't know what to pray, didn't know what to do, and didn't know whether to go to the right or to go to the left. And, and these were times in our lives that, that we really need to press in and seek the Lord. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed, and if it's possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And when he returned to the disciples, he found them sleeping, and he said, Simon, he said to Peter, are you, uh, he said, Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you'll not fall into temptation, because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. We all know that, that Peter denied Christ three times, and he fell asleep three times, so there's another message in that by itself. But once more, he went away and prayed, and when he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. And they did not know what to say to him. So here's the text I want us to focus on this morning. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? He said, Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Other translations in this portion of Scripture, um, one of the words of Jesus, when he said enough, it says, It is enough. Uh, the, the New King James, uh, New American Standard, and various other translations says, it is enough, and the NIV says, enough. But the message is still the same. And I'm going to talk and focus on this phrase, and I'm going to return to it from time to time, and, and, and to kind of bring to mind and, and our heart that Jesus is enough for us. According to Vincent's New Testament word study, it is enough is peculiar to Mark. Specific to Mark. Now, Mark was not invited to go further like Peter, James, and John was uh, for, and, and to watch uh, while Jesus was praying. Uh, he was not one of the three, but I don't know if he overheard it. I don't know if he was eavesdropping. I don't know what was going on, but, but he, he did uh, record uh, these thoughts and this conversation that was taking place between them. A lot of expositors have little to say about its meaning, and and most of the commentaries and other translations indicated that it was a very strong rebuke to the three because they, they could not keep watch while Jesus was praying, going through one of the most distressful and agonizing times of his life. It was a rebuke unto them. So with that, I want to share a dream that I had on March 26, 2016. Now, God has spoken to me various times in, in, in my ministry uh, through dreams, and he would give me uh, very specific details. Sometimes it's a, a uh, word of knowledge uh, through a dream about a situation, and he would give me very, very detailed things of situations and, and counseling that was taking place at that time. But during this period of time, uh, we were seeking God, and we're asking God for a direction. We're asking the Lord for a word from him, and he spoke to me in this dream. So the setting is, is the farm that I grew up on in Iowa. It was a farmhouse. It was up on a hill. Uh, we had 
down below this hill, we had our, our, the buildings, the, the barn, the, the, the grain bins, and, and the uh, various other storage events that taking place. And then, then beyond the cattle yards, you had your, your, your fields. And, and you could see the storms coming in from, from the south, the southwest. Sometimes they'd come in from the east. You'd be able to, to visualize and see that from time to time. But in this moment, in this dream, I saw this, this dark cloud starting to, to come towards us. And, and I've, I've seen tornadoes before and, and it looked very, very dark and gray and it started billowing and, and you could see it in the sky and you knew that something was about to happen. And, and I knew that we probably need to take refuge in the storm, cell, shell, uh, the storm cellar or, or the basement of the house. And in this dream, it was just my mother and I. And my mother was, was like five foot, she was about, I don't know, four foot nine, four foot ten, not quite five foot, and just, just a, a petite lady. And, and it was just her and I uh, in this house. And as I was communicating to her, I says, Mom, we need to go down to the basement. We need to go quickly. And I just walked by the kitchen window, and I saw this big, huge funnel cloud. It got wide. The, my entire visual view, the peripheral, was, was just a wide cloud. On the right, it was, it was dark, and on the, on the left, it was dark, and it started to, to billow, and it started to just kind of just, just turn and, and just kind of keep turning and turning and turning and starting coming towards us. And I says, Mom, we don't have time to go to the cellar. So I pushed her under the kitchen table. Now, that's, that's probably the worst place you're going to find refuge uh, in, in the natural, but this is, this is a spiritual thing taking place, so bear with me. So I pushed her under the table, and I said, we need, we need to stay here. And as I did that, I saw this, this cloud coming again, and it, it got more, more bold and, 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 and more ominous, and, and it just kept stirring, and it, it changed from just like that wall cloud into more of a, a, a flooding uh, wave coming, coming at me. Now, on the right-hand side, I could see the, the grain bins, and, and on the left side, I could see the wall that separated the kitchen from, from the living room. And then when I looked to, to the, the grain bins, I could see the implements, the, 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 the planters, the discs, the, uh, you know, the plows are all just kind of flying by, all kinds of debris flying by me. And it was kind of trying to get my, 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 my attention. But when I saw the grain bin, like this, this, this tornado, this cloud picked up that grain, there were three of them, picked up one of the grain bins and it spilled all the grain all over the ground. And I looked over to, to the left and on the left, I could see this wall, and we had wallpaper and wall covering on the wall, and it started pulling off and, and started peeling away, and, and it got down to the plaster. And the plaster, you know, when they, when they plaster, it kind of pushes it into a lath, and it's, it's hard to pull that away. And it kept vibrating, and just huge vibration. It started to let loose, and all of a sudden, it started to pull away along with the lath on my left side. Looked down in front of me, and, and we just, it was harvest time, and, and there was this semi-tractor trailer. It was full of grain, ready to be shipped off to, to, to the elevator. And that's, that, that cloud and that storm and that, that kind of that wave tipped it over on its side, and the grain fell out onto the ground, and it spilled. So I started seeing all this activity taking place, and it just got to be very, very, um, um, just a sense of, of helplessness, but yet I wasn't afraid kept coming at me, and all of a sudden I saw this, this wave pick up this tractor trailer, a semi, and it started rolling it towards me. And all of a sudden it hit the bottom of the hill, and it jumped up, and it was right in my face. 
I looked at that, and, and I, I pushed my mom down under the table and put my hand on her head, and I raised up my right hand, and I said, in, in the name of Jesus, enough. Those were my words. I didn't say, I rebuke you. I didn't say, uh, you know, get, get thee behind me, Satan. I just said, enough. And it stopped right there in front of me, and it lifted up. So it was, a, it was instead of right in front of me, it lifted up, and I was about, and I remember thinking it was, it was like four inches from my, my fingertips was, was this, this, uh, this tractor trailer, and it was right there, and it's just like it, someone hit pause, and it just stayed there. And all of a sudden, I, I started to look around it, and I could see the very detail, the detail underneath that, that tractor trailer. I could see the detail of, of, the, uh, of the spines and, and, and the supports of, of that trailer. And I could see all the way around it, like this 360 view, and I could see under it, and all of a sudden, I could look up above it, and I had this different perspective from looking up above. And I saw that, that kitchen table and my mom, and they were safe. And I was still standing there in this dream. It kind of just elevated up above it, and then I woke up. Now, I share all this to, to indicate to you that I don't want you to take anything out of this uh, for, for the church today because that was a dream for me. And it was something that my wife and I were, were really seeking the Lord. And, and, and dreams usually uh, are for the present, and they do usually reveal uh, things that transpire in the past that kind of give you an understanding of what's taking place. And that's exactly what was uh, about in this thing. So what did it mean to me? Now, some things are very, very personal that I can't share, but I can share this. It says that the, the dark clouds were, were to me, it was, it was out of a spiritual warfare was taking place that we were going through. And it's, it's a, a need for prayer. And, and I'd been meeting with uh, some friends of ours, and, and, and they, they kind of came up to me and became very good friends. And we'd meet on Monday nights, and we'd pray at the church, pray for the church, and pray for, for God's uh, transition that was taking place at that time, and, and pray for his, his blessing upon the church, and that would protect the people, that people wouldn't get hurt, that, that people would, 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 would uh, uh, have an understanding that, that God is, is moving in a certain direction. The semi-tractor trailer was that of a large burden that, that was upon my heart and, and my ministry, and it was, it was lifted. It was lifted off of me. And, within, and then, then before, within the four months after that, we, we bought a house in Maple Grove. We sold our house. Actually, within four days, that transaction between buying and selling took place. And I had a new, a new job, a new career that was taking place. And we relocated, and, and we started looking for another church, and, and God brought us here to this church. And, and the first time we visited, I know this church had gone through many things, and, and probably very symbolic of what the dream that I was actually just sharing with you that, that was taking place. But, but God has been good here. God has brought us uh, uh, pastors and, and, and leaders and has developed into this house and he's expanding and he's enlarging this house and he's doing great things here. We have teachers and we have instruction, uh, instructors. We have people that are doing life groups and, and ministering unto people and, and, and God has blessed this house. The first time we came into it was not a building filled like it is today. But there, was, there was a handful of people and, and my wife and I, we, we talked about kind of the five things that we had to see in the church before we would join a church. And, and, you know, we came in here, and the first thing we recognized, that Pastor Dale and, and Pastor Jaina were real, real unto us. 
There was no facade. There was no front. What you saw is what you got, and, and, and they come across that way, and they, they minister the Word of God. And, and our pastoral team, we have uh, Pastor Jim and, and, and Mary Beth, and, and we have leaders in this house of, that, is, that are grounded, and they, they know the Word of God, and they're strong, and they're solid. And God can build on that. We came here, and, and you know, we, we thought, we don't, we don't want to be part of this huge mega church, but we also don't want to be in this great big huge building program. We've been through all of that. There's things that we didn't want to do, but yet God said, this is where I want you. You know, when God says, this is where he wants you, you better listen, amen. We felt part of this body, and, and, and as of this month, it's been three years since we started coming here. Three years. The kitchen table. <clears throat> the kitchen table is, speaks of warmth. It speaks of spiritual nourishment. It's, it's where we go to get fed and, and, and healing for myself and, and for the church. And my wife and I, we needed some healing to take place, and God, God actually brought that to us. Spiritual speaking, the table, God really spoke to me, and it was, it was the word of God. Jesus, he, he spreads himself. He spreads the word, the word of God, and, and the word is what protects the church. We press in to our Lord Jesus Christ, and that is our protection. Also, we had a, a great burden at that time and, and in, in previous years for the body of Christ, and, and always it's been kind of our, our ministry as, as a support pastors in the church is to, to guard the body, to watch out for the body, to take care of the body of Christ. And that's been on our hearts. And, and that burden lifted at that time because God was about to move us on. The wall covering, the plaster, and the lath, it re represented the revealing that, that there, was, there was a transition taking place. Some of the old things are, are being uh, pulled away and there's, there's a new beginning. It's, it's a fresh start right down to the studs, so to speak, of the building. God is doing a work. And these were the things that God was speaking to me uh, at that time. But back to our text, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, Mark 14, 32 and 34, through 34. Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And he said to them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Perhaps there's been moments in your life where you've felt that crushing grief and that crushing pain in your life. And, and I believe every single one of us at one point in time have probably gone through something like that. But Jesus experienced that as well. He lived his entire life without fear. And nothing caused him to tremble. Nothing caused him to worry. Nothing caused him to, to lose sleep. Are you losing sleep today? Sleep, sleep is difficult sometimes. But Jesus was not losing that. Everywhere he went and everything that he did, uh, he was in control. He was confident. And, and he was up this last night, this last night before the last day of his life. And he was agonizing. There was a burden that was with him. And he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was confronted with the greatest fear known to man. And with great agony, he conquered that so you and I could face our own fears. He provided a way. He conquered it. So our first point uh, this morning is that, in this, going back to this phrase, it is enough, and, and to calling out to that burden or that, that, that trial that you might be 
facing right now and saying, it's enough. Jesus faced fear and distress head on so that he could conquer it so you and I could also have victory over it as well. He knew what he was about to go through and it was beyond anything that anyone could ever imagine. Every sin and demon in hell would rise up against him and, and would destroy his flesh as a man. He knew that to be stripped of all that he had ever known. He would be immersed in this, in this pit of hopelessness, this pit of despair, and the multitudes and the, and the enemies would be coming at him and they would be rejoicing in what he was going through. He was that sacrificial lamb. He didn't choose to die that quick death that we saw in, in the Old Testament with the sacrificial lambs, but he chose to have that slow death on the cross, the crucifixion. And he purposed to suffer every pain and torment and suffering known to man that led up to it. The greatest and worst of all of it is not just the physical suffering and abuse uh, that was about to be done to him, but it was himself taking on all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. Your sin and my sin. He took it on. He took on our grief. He took on our burdens. He took on our, our trials. He took on our heartache. But he is also going to be facing the full wrath of God at that moment. I don't know about you. I don't know if any one of us could really fully appreciate that sacrifice. But, but we, was, we must remember that he was God in the flesh. He was pure. He was perfect. He was holy. And then the word described him that, that sin was his enemy. He was complete opposite of what he was experiencing as far as a man is concerned. So how do we relate to that? Think of your worst nightmare. Think of your worst experience in your life. And if you take all of these experiences and all the nightmares and all the problems of the entire world and put it into one moment, one day, and one time, Jesus experienced it for us. Second thought, going back to the phrase, it is enough, that simply is that Jesus himself is enough. He was pure and perfect. He was innocent in all things. They consider all the atrocities that is done by man, all of, the, all of the murders and the tortures and the rapes and the hatred, the corruption that's taking place in our world today and the destruction, the sexual perversion, the broken promises, along with the guilt and the shame and the hopelessness that accompanies all of that. If you were to take that and if you think of, of 9-11 and, and the terrorists and, 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 and the, the terror that, that was brought upon this nation and the terror that's brought upon the nations around the world and you'd look at the civil uh, dis, dis, uh, distress and disobedience that we find in our day and the pandemic that we're dealing with and all these stressors are on us. But it's not new to him. He experienced it all. He knew it all. He knew it all. He saw every detail. I talked about seeing the detail. He saw every detail of our life, every terror, every problem, every agony that we might be going through. He saw every detail of it. It was not new to him. The word says that he was filled with horror and deep distress. That was his worst nightmare. And the thought that he was agonizing over this where he, it was that feeling where he was being crushed to death. That was that personal feeling that he was experiencing. And those that he depended upon, asking them to watch and pray, were falling asleep. 
Now, naturally, they, weren't, they didn't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit like we have today. And, and, and the Holy Spirit will, will quicken our hearts to pray for other people around us that might be going through heartache. And we're experiencing that as a body here today. We're, we're praying and seeking God, and, and we feel the burden. We feel the, the stress, and we feel the anxiety. And, and, and we, we take that, and we, we lift it up unto the Lord, and we say, oh, God, please work through this situation. You know, he had the power to stop what lie before him. But he did it to free you and me. The gospel says that he chose to die for you and me. It was a voluntary act of his will. And if you just write down this scripture, John chapter 10 and 18. John 10 and 18. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. Our third thought on this phrase, it is enough, he drank of that cup of suffering. We're singing the chorus, I, I wrote down as we're singing the chorus just a short time ago, it said there's nothing in this world that can satisfy. Your cup, your cup will never run dry. That's our Jesus that we serve. But he had to take that cup of suffering. He had to take that cup of suffering. And the agony and can you imagine the perfect, sinless, pure uh, man uh, of, of God having to understand and take on all the filth of sin and the agony of just, just feeling that sin upon him when as in t- through the beginning of time, he was against that. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. It's, it's really difficult for us to comprehend how he could take that all upon himself. It's difficult in our own mind's eye to, to ha- have that, that understanding of what that what might be like. But I think for, for Jesus, it probably was great agony. And the scripture says that he drank the cup and as he sweat great drops of blood for this agony stressed him beyond the natural capacity of his body. Drinking the cup of God's wrath poured out against his sin was an ultimate horror. He knew that every part of his flesh would be mutilated. He, he knew that, that it would be beyond recognition. He knew that there would be, be the enemy spitting in his face. He knew that he would be uh, taken to that cross. He had no dignity, and it would be a, whole, a total humiliation. The hatred against him was great and relentless. And for the first time, he asked, when he prayed to the Father, is there another way? Is there another way? That was the flesh. That was him and the, and the man in the flesh speaking that out. But he knew that he had to do the will of the Father. He had to go to the cross. Luke chapter 22, 42 through 44. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then the angel from heaven appeared and it strengthened him. He prayed more fervently and and he was in such an agony of spirit that sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. He agonized over it. Our fourth point, going back to that phrase, it is enough, is the fact that Jesus endured, endured many hardships for you and I. He endured that. 
He did it for us. What was he thinking? I, I don't know what he was thinking, but, but he was compelled to finish the work that he came to do. He was compelled to take and, and provide a way for you and I to redeem us so that we might be saved. He wrestled with God to change his mind, but he saw you and I as he's wrestling. He said, I heard your plea. The plea to God to change his mind when, when we ourselves face those fiery trials, when we ourselves face those agonizing situations, when we ourselves are at the point where we can no longer handle it, we can no longer contain it, that we're just empty and we just don't know what to do. He saw that. He saw our hardened heart when we had to come to the situation, uh, a devastating situation in our life, and we have to seek forgiveness. He knows how difficult that is for us sometimes. Everything that he wanted to do is connected directly with keeping us in mind when he was agonizing over these things. Is enough, because he already went through it, and he knows that he is enough as well. And, and this is our last point of this morning. It says it's important that, that he face this greatest trial so that we ourselves can, can face our trials. We wrestle with these things day in and day out, and, and, but he wrestled as well. He understands the wrestling, the struggle, and, and the pain and the sorrow that we go through. He understands all this, and we serve God who knows that we can go uh, what we can go through, and, and he'll connect with us, and, and he can truly say, I know your fear. I know your trial. I've been there. I've had it. I've gone through it all. I know the agony that you're facing. I know your nightmare and your problems and your situations. The fact is, he sees every detail of our life. He sees under it. He sees around it. But he has the perspective of looking up above it and knowing that there's a greater purpose and a greater plan for us through those situations that we're going through. He sees above it. It's a, a bigger picture of what is taking place. Last, lastly this morning... Going back to the phrase, it's enough. Jesus went through it and he conquered the greatest trial so that we can conquer ours by what he did for us. He conquered the greatest trials so that we can conquer ours by what he did for us. And in closing this morning, and I'm going to ask the musicians to, to come up. I just want to share these last few bullet points to you. He drank from that cup of suffering and he saw what was before him. He saw all the sin, the past, present, and the future. He saw the cup, in that cup that he is of suffering, he saw the, 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 um, the crown of thorns. Uh, he, he saw that, that garment that would be pulled from his back. He saw the cross and the nails that would hold him to that cross. He saw the spit in his face as, as being mocked and ridiculed. And he saw that cup of betrayal as one of his disciples betrayed him. It's the difficulty that he, that he went through, the rejection of the Jews. Pastor Dale was talking about uh, the, the uh, uh, tumult, and, and, and the, the, the Jews rejected him. He also went and he asked God, is there another way that can redeem the people? And he saw that there wasn't, so he went to the cross. He also knows the measure of the Holy Ghost that we need today. He also knows that, that how much of his presence and how much of, this, of the Holy Spirit we need today to get through. He knows all of that. And that's what we depend upon. So we have hope. We can take hope in the realization that no matter what can come against us in this life, 
It was in that cup of Jesus that Jesus took, uh, took of on that, uh, when he was at Gethsemane. He overcame it. He overcame it because he was enough. So when I first read it, the portion of Scripture indicated that that is enough was more of a rebuke from Jesus, but also I look at it not as chastisement, but I look at it as more of a promise because Jesus Christ is enough. He sees every detail of our life. He knows what we're going through. He knows the heartache, the trouble, the pain, the suffering. He knows those that are at the point of giving up, thinking, you know, I can't handle anymore, but Jesus says, yes, I covered it for you. My blood was shed for you. He is enough. So as Pastor Dale comes to to close us out uh, this morning, just to review those five thoughts, he faced fear head on so that we could conquer our fear. He was a pure and perfect, he was innocent of all things. He drank of that cup of suffering. He endured many hardships for you and me. And he conquered his greatest trial so that we could conquer ours. Amen. Why don't we stand? It's going to just have a word of prayer and then ask Pastor Dale to. Father, we thank you for your presence. And just ask, Lord, that you administer in the hearts of your people. Lord, I know there are individuals that are going through trials and situations. I sense that in my spirit. Lord, I believe that is why you wanted me to share these thoughts this morning. But Lord, I just ask God that Lord, dear Holy Spirit, would just move throughout this congregation. You'd move upon the people that are uh, viewing from home. And, and God, just speak to their hearts and draw them unto you. Lord, they recognize, God, that Jesus, that you are enough for them. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Can we please give him a hand? I, I was really encouraged, and I thought, how interesting is that, that we have a rebuke and a promise in one word? So th- think of this for a second. So I, I'm somebody who liked to, to look at this reflectively. And so it, just like you were saying, in, in one way is a rebuke to his disciples, okay? Who are we that are following Christ? Disciples, okay? So enough, Okay? enough. And then in the same time, he's more than enough for you and I. Okay, so I'm not speaking to any specific behavior or attitude or where you're at in your mind, but you probably know the Holy Spirit's good enough to be able to show you enough. I am more than enough, he is saying to us. Now, a couple weeks ago, I said something that is just, I've just been, I can't get it out of my head, and and I'm thinking of it, and, and, and why, why do we read the Bible? Why do we memorize stories? Why do we have Bible stories for our children? It's not so they can know David and Goliath, okay? It's not so they just can know a story and now they have the knowledge of a story that was in the Bible. It's so the Word of God is in us. It's so the truth of God is in us, that God will provide, that God, we can trust Him, that He is going to bring us through, Okay, We see the character of God from the beginning to the end to the promise of Jesus Christ for us. Our discipleship, our following Christ, we are walking that out right now. Okay, When tensions and when, when we are uncomfortable, 
We are walking it out. And that's why I said we've been made for this. We've been preparing for this. Those Sunday school classes that you are a part of, it is part of preparing you for difficult times. We cannot forget that. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. You are a peculiar people. That we are supposed to be different. We are supposed to be a light shining like a city up on a hill. Okay? And so I just, I just want to keep saying this to remind you who you are in Christ. Your identity, who you are in Christ. Heavenly Father, I ask that we can be a people, Lord Jesus, that we, as we have been preparing through our lives and hearing the stories of who you are, Lord, that we are your children and that we can put our trust and our faith in you when the storm, like the dream that, that you showed, Steve, is all around, Lord God, that we know that you are more than enough in our lives. Lord, we place our trust, we place our, our faith in you, and Lord, we just speak that truth out right now in your holy name. Lord, as we sing a song of worship together, I pray that you meet us right here. As, as Steve shared your word, as he shared the gospel of what you bore for us, the sins that were upon your body, your, the affliction upon you for us, Heavenly Father, we are grateful and we are whole because of you. Lord, I pray that you meet us as we worship. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.